Hey guys, welcome back to VM Nation. I am Richard Kaufman, also known as the Combat Coach. Guys, this is going to be a great episode. We're going to be talking about military, knives, fatherhood, business, a little bit of everything with my friend Tony. But guys, first I want to thank our sponsors. And we were just talking before we got online. Kurt Ballish of Ballish Woodworks, one of the most amazing people you will ever meet. He actually made my wife a cutting board for Mother's Day a couple of years ago. Now it's the only thing she will use. So if you guys love, love, love any kind of woodworks for your home or for your office, check out ballishwoodworks.com. And also, guys, I'm not selling anything today, but I'm giving away this coffee today. It's 50%. It's 50% the mo- uh, caffeine. So if you're looking for something that'll kick your ass, that's what you want. It's dark roasted. And all you have to do to, to win that is is um, I'm going to drop the link and just enter our coffee club. And that's it. Like I said, it's, I'm not selling anything. But if you do get the coffee, we actually have a subscription where you can actually get 10% off delivered to your home every month. And then 22% will go to help end veter- veteran homelessness. And PTSD. So, if you guys would like to help out, we'd appreciate it. But now let's go have some fun. Tony, my brother, what's going on? Oh, not much, sir. How are you doing today? Oh, man. Every day is a good day. I got to give a big shout out to Mr. Robert, the warrior strategist Garcia, for uh, introducing us to begin with. So, and he's got an amazing group. I forget the name of it. Uh, there's like Success two Odyssey. Oh, Success Odyssey. If you guys love groups, if you love military and entrepreneur groups, definitely check out that group. So talk to us. Uh, Aunt Tony, where are you from? Where did you grow up? And what kind of little boy was Tony? So I was never a little boy. Uh, came out a little over nine pounds. Uh, so I've never been a little boy. Uh, now I'm 6'3", 300 pounds. I carry it well, though. Uh, grew up in small town, southwest Michigan. Uh, closest town anyone would know is probably Kalamazoo. Uh, or South Haven. I'm right by Lake Michigan. Kalamazoo, that's where Mr. Derek Jeter's from. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Played uh, 35 minutes away is the school he went to. So not a Yankees fan, but you got to love Jeter, right? He's a good guy. Uh, came up through school, did uh, played the sports, football, basketball, wrestling, ran track, uh, went off to college for aviation maintenance and what college did you go to i went to western michigan university okay and i learned that uh continuing education was not for me at 18 years old um they politely asked me to go fix my gpl gpa elsewhere and that's when i returned to looking into joining the military went to the recruiters took the asvab for the second time and started a career in the Air Force in 07. Right, so let me ask you a question, um, because I've had a lot of Navy SEALs, Delta Force operators, and most of my successful people have a background in wrestling. And I think of it as because there's so much discipline, especially when it comes to cutting weight, especially around the holidays. So did you did you find that? you know, wrestling eventually help with your mental toughness? I never thought of it that way, but I 
I would believe so. I dropped seven pounds almost naturally during wrestling season. I wrestled about 171. Uh, I was tall, uh, lanky for my weight. But uh, the coaches helped with the uh, prep. And like you said, during this uh, wrestling season for high school is during the Thanksgiving and Christmas. And you do have guys looking to drop 5, 10, or at least hold that weight off. So you do learn a bit about nutrition, a bit about how to push your body to get to those lower weights, uh, how to maintain your energy. It does create mental toughness because you're looking for that, I don't want to say a goal, but you have that challenge of, okay, next week I need to weigh in at 172, can't be anymore, and you still have to put in all the work to stay at that weight and get better for your competition. So, yeah, there was a bit of a – I never thought of it that way. For me, it was just uh, what I wanted to do, and I just did it. All right, so now I love to hear everybody's recruiting story. So tell me your recruiting story. So it actually starts as a senior in high school or even before that. When I was a young kid, I always wanted to be in the military, the Air Force, the aircraft, always. That was what interested me. It wasn't to be a, a fighter pilot. I liked the planes themselves. Uh, P-51 Mustangs, all-time favorite. Uh, I have no problem with the big ones, the B-17s, C-17s, C-5s, all great aircraft. Uh, senior year, came around, Air Force recruiter walks into the school, and I explained to him that I won't be 18 till just before I graduate. And that recruiter actually looked at me and said, well, then call me then and have a good day. Turned around and walked away. Kind of crushed my feelings. Uh, Army recruiter came in, had no problem talking to me. Went and talked to ASVAB, scored well. Uh, I was, I didn't know what was going on. I took the test on a Saturday. Walked, this was back when you had to do pencil and paper. Walked, uh, they bring me back to the recruiting office. They put me into the commander's office of the recruiting office. Closed the door, and I just feel like I really messed up. I was just dreading this converse, conversation. I thought I wouldn't make it. And the gentleman said, well, you can do whatever you want. Just uh, what job would you like? You scored well enough to do that. Uh, I was going to go into a patching mechanic. And my parents politely asked me. That was the spring of 04. They politely asked me to go to college instead, instead of Iraq. And that's when I attended Western. for some. Uh, I went for a year, collected all that student debt. Yay. Um, and then I knew... I still had aspirations in the military. I wanted to serve. Iraq was still very hot. I I didn't have anyone. Um, my two grandfathers that served, they had passed away, and we never spoke with the military when they were alive. So I returned to the recruiting office, went to the Air Force, and said, look, I'm, I'm 18 now. Here's my ASVAB score from two years ago. Let's get this done. I had to drop weight, as we were talking about wrestling, losing weight. For my height, I dropped uh, roughly 20 pounds to join, and I went in <clears throat> the – I ended up going into fuels. I was on a waiting list to be recruited. Um, the delayed entry program is what the military considers it or calls it, I believe. Um, so Thanksgiving was Thursday. I received a call the following Monday in 06. And it was one of those things where I had just gotten up, I walked past the phone, I kind of looked at it, that sixth sense, and it rang, and I was like, ah, oh, you don't want to answer that phone call. Of course, I answered it. It was my recruiter, said, I need you in my office as soon as possible. I was like, this 
no, this isn't good. I was in his office Monday at noon. I was in Lansing at the MEPS hotel to enter the program 6 o'clock that night. I saw my mother and my grandmother. My father was, wasn't able to make a home from work in time. So I said goodbye to the family I could. Had a duffel bag of clothes and I was off to the military. I joined November 28th of 2006. And did you take to the military? Yes, I had a stern father. Uh, I've always been, uh, I don't want to say, I've been good at taking direction. I'll ask questions if I need it, but the military is where I wanted to be. And it was, it wasn't what I thought it would be. I always grew up watching uh, Full Metal Jacket, Full Metal Jacket or Platoon, uh, that sort of thing. And the Air Force is not anything like that. Um, they were a lot more relaxed than what I thought they would be, but I enjoyed my time. I did a little over four years. It was a, uh, experience that I miss. Now, did you get deployed at all? I hate seeing deployment. I volunteered to go to Iraq. I volunteered to go to Afghanistan. And the way that it was explained to me at that time, I was not, my name was not drawn out of the hat is how they explained it. I ended up being deployed to Turkey for five months, uh, Insulik Air Base. We, uh, the U.S. government operates that in conjunction with the Turkish military. Uh, I believe four years ago there was a conflict between the Turkish military and uh, the the operating president at the time. Um, I was not there during that. I went in 08. Uh, that was a great experience. I had a fresh butchered lamb right off the highway. One of those things that you just don't see here in America. You yeah. look over, you just see fresh butcher hanging out on a hook. And you're like, oh, that's not that's not sanitary. And that's where they pull in. And you're like, well, here we go. And you sit down in the back in a nice, just cozy uh, picnic area. And they br- brought out a fresh charcoal grill. And we cooked fresh lamb chops right there on the grill. and had a, a a whole family I, I don't want to say family we were all friends we weren't related but a, a nice brother dinner where we all shared and uh good times that was my one deployment now you wanted to be in the military so bad why did you only do four years so i had i met a girl shortly before i went in from back here at home and we stayed in touch we went through our different life challenges and about three years in, I said, you know what? We we're always there for each other. Let's make this a lifetime commitment. And I married my wife in, it was November 27th of 2009. I, I remember the day because it was the day before my military anniversary. And we joke about that. We've been married 12 years now. We have two children and that was her first big trip away from home. And we were talking, and she I had an opportunity to get out. They're doing force reductions. Yep. And I thought I missed my home and my family. And I should have just taken a longer vacation. But we took the force reduction option and came back to put our roots down here. Uh, we're, we're both within about 10 minutes of our families that we grew up with. So. Okay, so you know, I, I like I said, now we've just celebrated our 
over 400 show, I think, 402, something stupid. Uh, but, and I've talked to a lot of veterans. And for me, when I got out, because I did 23, I would have done 30, but I got hurt. So um, the day that they medically discharged me was a day that I attempted suicide because I didn't know where Sergeant Kaufman ended and where Richard began. And I had a tough time with my transitioning. What was your transitioning like? So as soon as I knew that I had mentally made up my mind to take that force reduction option, I started looking at what I wanted to do. My dad had just opened a auto mechanic shop at his home or at his own personal shop. So there was aspirations of going into business with him to work on cars. I looked into and attended schooling for welding. I was going to pursue a welding business doing off-road equipment. Uh, and I, I made plans with the wife on what we wanted to do as far as setting down our roots at a house. Did we want to rent? I set up while we went into that transition time of leaving. I believe we had roughly seven months from the time I made my decision to the time I, I got out. During that time, it was okay. I'm done here. I'll do my duty as I should. But after this, I have to be prepared. I prepared for that separation. I will tell you the biggest thing I had an issue with was my facial hair. I always had a goatee before I joined. You cannot, you have to be uh, fresh shaven in the military, of course. I did not want to shave every day. I wanted to grow the facial hair out. I had anxiety because I was not shaving. I was breaking a habit that I had developed only over four years, but it was still a daily uh, ritual for me. Um, and in order to uh, cope with that challenge, I I made the compromise. I grew out the goatee at first, and I shaved my cheeks every day and kept this nice and clean while, while this grew out. But I did not – with everything going on, my wife had a job back here. She moved back. Uh, roughly two months before I did, as I waited final paperwork, she had a job offer. So when I came back, she was already settled in the house, and it was just me getting ready to transition from military. I got out February 11th of 2011, so I'm going just celebrate 11 years out. And it was as soon as I was out, I had to get back here, get paperwork uh, finalized for college, and get working with my dad on his mechanic business so i stayed busy was the biggest thing for me all right so now before we hopped on we were talking about you know people know that follow me know i've struggled with uh, pts um depression and uh, bipolar and all that good stuff have you always struggled with mental health issues it's it's yes and i say it that way because it's still hard to talk about and I've admitted it to several people, and I've looked into groups. I've looked into different techniques I can use. Uh, one of my biggest issues is uh, anxiety, and I, that anxiety is caused by things that I cannot uh, I cannot change. So I have, <clears throat> through different coping mechanisms of staying busy, looking at what I can do in my life to make my life more purposeful for me, whether that is volunteering uh, with the local community, Habitats for Humanity, uh, 
pursuing entrepreneurial opportunities through my knife making or other uh, avenues that the wife and I are talking about, or I have two sm small children that keep me busy, that has helped me a lot to, if my mind is occupied and I'm seeing progress, I'm pursuing greatness in, in whatever I'm doing, that has helped me the most with conquering my mental uh, distractions, I guess, or my uh, speed bumps in my life. Okay, so now you got out. How was how was it finding work? Because I know a lot of guys when they get out, or or girls, um, they lose their mission. You know, they don't have a job. Um, even though we're all hula hoo and hardcore and all that shit, um, we don't. We get used to getting paid on the first and the fifteenth, getting paid BAQ and all that stuff. So, what was it like hitting the streets and knowing now I got a wife to provide for? How was it finding work and setting up a career for yourself? So really, I took, so I came home, I made it home. I drove home from New Mexico to Michigan. I got home, I believe, February 12th or 13th. Um, by March, I was looking for work, and I took a real stern kick in the nuts. I'll say it that way. Being military, you come out and you have the confidence of a 10-foot tall and bulletproof almost. Um, a little bit of whiskey makes that a little bit better, but yeah, you still think you can walk in these interviews and excel. Um, it was a entry level position with a company. Um, I was, I was nervous about it. It would have been a good hour drive for me and I did not get the job and I just felt like a complete failure. As you said, I would not be providing for my wife. She did have her own income, um, or she was providing for me as well. And I would not receive any of my GI benefits until I, I started school a couple months later. Um, so that was a, a punch in the nose to be denied that offer. But I realized that it wasn't the opportunity for me. I slowed down and I, I did what I think a lot of people should do. And I, I went out and I found the work that I could do. I've always believed in skilled trades. I cannot sit in a cubicle uh, as a means of making an income. So I Went worked with my dad turning wrenches, uh, got a hold of friends and started turning wrenches for them or on their cars and making that side money. Uh, and that <clears throat> that got us by, got me by mentally, providing a little bit of cash here and there, keeping me busy during the day until school picked up in May of 2011. Now, what did you go to school for? I went to the local community college for welding. I went, uh, the idea was to start my own business doing off-road bumpers, off-road equipment, accessories. So I knew I had to get the welding. That was a skilled part. I intended a few of the basic, uh, I had a, a business class was required. I also took a mechanical CAD or mechanical drafting class, uh, CAD, the, this was manual drafting that led to the CAD program. As introduction, I had also taken a drafting course in high school, so that was also right along the lines of another skill in my tool belt. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. So, the uh, the welding, it was uh, just the, the general program, a two-year uh, associate's degree, and I... Uh, 
about a year and a half in, we found out that uh, my wife would become a mommy and we were going to become parents. So I had an opportunity to take what I had learned in college already and apply to a few welding jobs that were hiring specifically through our program. In my first interview, I nailed it. I got hired in and I did not finish my associate's program. I, I went into the workforce full force. I was on second shift and uh, that's what we focused on was starting my career and pursuing that to provide for my wife so she could be at home caring for herself and prep for the baby. Now, what are you doing now? So now, detour, I am in the construction trade. I am a union carpenter. I, I was a welder on mining equipment for roughly two years. The economy came through, kind of hit the, the mining industry finally. The 0809 crash had kind of come through in the uh, local welding shops. We're all kind of seeing their slowdowns and their hits. So I was laid off. And if you haven't noticed, I have a lazy eye. I'm, I'm, uh, it did not affect my military career or anything, but I knew it would be a limiting factor if I wanted to put in 20 plus years as a welder. Along with uh, health issues that you could uh, deal with from the fumes of welding, I knew I wanted to work with metal, but I, I walked away from welding and pursued other avenues of skilled uh, trade. I went into diesel mechanics, did that for a year. I built cop cars for a year, doing all the light installs, uh, retrofitting old uh, emergency vehicles, uh, turned that into doing industrial wiring on industrial ovens and my i was learning that as much as i enjoyed the work working with my hands and creating something new every day i did not like the same repetition day in day out so my brother was already a union carpenter and i reached out to the local school here who also offers a homeless to hard hats program yep. where they work with the homeless to hard hats program and I joined the Carpenters Union. Now, I will start my fourth year of, of the four-year apprenticeship. I'll start that at the end of the month. Okay. Now, I'm noticing, um, especially nowadays, you know, everybody wants to be in IT. You know, yeah. Everybody wants to be a TikTok star. Everybody wants to be a YouTuber. But there's so many job openings for people working with their hands. I mean, trying in here in New Jersey to get a plumber to come to your house on a weekend is a better chance of seeing Jesus Christ come to your house. And if he does, does come to your house, they're going to charge you about 300 bucks just for them to come to the, come to the house. So what are your opinions on people, young people getting into the trades and working with their hands? So kind of play off what you said. Uh, so you see as the person that needs that plumber you see that we are uh, undermanned just like several other industries that involve labor or people have looked down on for the last several decades carpenters are also undermanned and when I look at that I, I want the people coming out of high school right now to say I, they need to understand they're walking into an opportunity that they will be able to set 
how much money they want to make very shortly. Learn the trade. We're low on people. I'm taking side work, making almost as much as I do in the union. I'm taking side work because there's not enough contractors around to do the work as well. So to help provide more for my family, I'm taking these little side jobs and I'm being, I'm able to charge a premium and it's not just the 10 or $15 to do a massive renovation. I'm, I'm charging pretty good money. There is a lot of money in the skilled trades. You're doing stuff that people, they may understand how to do it, but it's also labor intensive. And for me, I do trim carpentry. There, you have to have an eye for detail. Yeah, you have to think six steps ahead to make sure you're building whatever you're building the right way. And to show that type of skill off to a client, they will gladly pay you. Um, it's not the Hollywood uh, job per se, but everyone has a house, whether they rent it or not, something's going to break. Just like everyone needs a plumber. Uh, truck driving, same oh, thing. You know, I was just going to mention that, you know, years ago they used to shit on truck drivers, but now if you have a CDL, you can pick and choose. Yes, and if you look over the, the wages, the average wages, they've steadily been going up uh, over the last five, six years because the, the people that we grew up watching run these trucks are retiring now and there's no one getting into them it's not glorified by hollywood to be a truck driver or a carpenter or electrician um like i know in new jersey if you're a garbage man you're making like six figures yeah, yeah. i've heard that yes especially out there on the east coast or a, any major city um so, how did you start i mean obviously you always had side gigs you've always um try to get a little side hustle but when did you actually start getting serious about entrepreneurship uh so i guess the 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 candle for entrepreneurship was lit when i was younger 12 13 my uncle started his own business he does remodeling out on the lakeshore and i said you know what working for yourself is the way to do it but i knew i had to learn what to do and i oh Sorry about that. I had other, uh, I had to learn what I wanted to do. And about, well, when I got laid off from welding, I knew I still wanted to work with metal. I still had aspirations of building my own off-road bumpers. I knew how to weld. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what I saw, but I was like, I'm going to make knives. My wife was like, what are you talking about? At the time, I wasn't even a knife collector. I was still a case pocket knife. Just a pocket knife kind of guy. Throw that in your pocket. You should, every person, it's usually every man, but I believe every person should have a knife on them every day for as many uses as you as you can use it for. But my wife looked at me, I was silly, and there were numerous nights uh, that summer that I would open the garage door with a little file and a jig that I had built from a YouTube video and just file on steel 
for two, three, four hours. Sip on uh, some coffee or a beer too. And my wife was like, what in the world? Um, that first summer, I made three or four knives. I never finished one. Uh, I actually melted two of them, trying to heat treat them in a backyard forge. That was a little comical. But that's where I knew I could develop a product. And I had most of the skills to develop to make my own product to sell. And that's the first step for me in working for myself is to have a product I can sell that I can, I'm happy to sell. I don't want to be a, a curvy vacuum guy. And I, I don't have that ability to sell. I'm horrible at sales. I'm good at talking to my phone sometimes. Uh, but to work with my hands and create a product that I can say, here, I made this. For me, there just a ton of pride in that. And it's a, a tool, you know, uh, so growing up around wrenching, uh, being an outdoorsman with my father and my grandfathers, here is a tool for you, your son, your father, or even your daughter, your, your sister, whoever. That client can take that tool out, use it, and there's just tremendous pride in that uh, product. And a lot of people, um, knives are handed down from generation generation like me i know i have a shred um a knife but the only reason i kept it i mean it's an expensive knife but this kid was from west virginia and he wanted to trade me some beef jerky for a shred and i'm like done deal <laughs> and i've kept it for now i've had it for over 30 years but i know that's going to go down to my children but now obviously if you're doing a knife or something you can't compete on price so you have to compete on making that for that one person for that one person's needs. Correct. So in the, in the realm of business, I understand what you're saying. You cannot compete on on pricing. The market's kind of set for that. Even on the, the custom side there, there's a little bit more leeway. You can get into your skills, how long you've been making the materials you're making the knife out of. Uh, if you go into blacksmithing or smithing a knife, uh, you can say, okay, why well, I, I pounded this knife out. I do a technique called stock removal where I take just a piece of steel and I cut out the shape and then I, I grind it to uh, the bevels and everything like that. So for what I have found in the knife industry and the, what I see, you sell your personality, you sell your character. Sure, I every knife I make, if I'm if the client comes to me, I take the time and I do a hand drawing to full scale and I present that drawing to the client and go over any materials that they like, uh, blade material, handle material, sheath material, because I also work, I do Kydex, which is a plastic thermoform. I also do my own leather work. I hand stitch all my own leather. So on that aspect, Selling to the client themselves, yes, great point. But to get that client, you are selling your personality. You're selling your character. And I've had several people that I've never met meet me at uh, shows, um, as I have one coming up this weekend. And, hey, Tony, nice to meet you finally. And you're, you're great on the live videos that you do. And 
I I just try to be personable with everyone and welcome everyone into my lives and try to follow them um, as a, they're a friend that I've known forever. Um, that's that's my personality and making the knives and working introducing those knives to the public is just my way to interact, I guess, and that's what I sell. All right, so then you got to let me know how you met Rob and what has he done for your business. Okay, so Rob Garcia, we're speaking of uh, Success Odyssey. There is another group that yourself and I are in is the Vetpreneur Tribe. And the funny thing is, I'm actually having Stephen and Lane on tomorrow <laughs> talking about to have the NFTs coming up tomorrow. Nice. So I, when I first started looking at knives, I wanted, I don't know how to run a business. Business, I went to one basic class in college. So I found the group on Facebook where it's a group of veteran entrepreneurs. And I was trying to, it's, it's with any group. You got to find those people that you click with, that you can build with. Um, I, I have no problems with anyone else in that group. Just Rob had posted some success tips and business tips. And I said, well, I want to follow him a little more. He's also in the Air Force. He's still active duty. I believe he is guard, right? Yeah. Um, so he's still active in the military. But he runs his own business out of San Diego. Uh doing business coaching and I jumped on that bandwagon to see what he offered. He seemed to be successful and I believe that success leaves tips. So he was one person I wanted to follow and uh, he's been, he's become a great friend as well as a mentor. And uh, I can't say enough about the guy. He's, uh, he's living life to his fullest and uh, hey, he's dragging me along. I know that. So now, what do you have going now? I know you have some big stuff coming up in the future. You got so your 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 future is very bright, and like you said, you're looking to eventually find your way out of a nine to five. So, what does that look like now? So, in the immediate future, in roughly forty eight hours from now, I'm supposed to be four hours away in Troy, Ohio, at the Spirit of the Blade Knife Show. It's an annual knife show. I've attended three out of the last five years. Um, 2020 was a no-go because of other obvious things. But uh, that's my next big step. And I am hustling outside of this phone call to get knives done and prepped for that show. I will then be attending another show in October in Southern Ohio. And then to get away from the nine to five, the wife and I are sitting down and we're budgeting and we are looking to add Cerakote to the shop as well as a lasering operation. And then our immediate, we're, (laughs) so this weekend we're going to pick up a 3D printer. I'm kind of getting my hands into everything. Uh, My wife stays at home with the kids. My daughter is homeschooled right now. My son's only four. So she's very busy. And uh, the 3D printer, I think, will get her kind of creativity mind going and give her an option to get away from the kids for a little while. But we're just looking to expand our offerings, I guess. Um, you can only sell so many knives, but uh, I, I, I like creating things. So in the future, over the next six to nine months, we're going to add some other products, I guess, best way to say it. 
I would definitely think about adding hats with the little leather. So, yes and no. Uh, I believe you got your hat from J.D. Tierney, Southpaw Laser Concepts. I love that guy. And I that's probably one thing that I, I would not want to step on his toes. Um, to me, uh, as Rob Garcia would say, he is an expert in his field. And would I make patches for hats if I was asked? Possibly. But I do not want to put that product on my list of wants right now. Um, actually, I need to get a hold of JD next week after the show. If I have a good show and I got, I need to put an order in for a few patches. So He does all my patchwork. He does oh, it. He... Yes. He's been a sponsor for the last... great patches. He's been a sponsor for the last three years. So now... That's that leads me to my next, my last two questions. How do we find you? How do we support your mission? How can we find your beautiful knives? Okay, so I started on Facebook. I you can also find me on Instagram under the same handle, Goodrich Knife Works. Make it simple for you. Uh, I try to keep consistent branding with everything. So even on Instagram, I have hashtag Goodrich Knife Works. On Facebook, it is Goodrich Knife Works and Leather or Goodrich Knife Works LLC. Those are two groups that I operate. You can also look me up under my name, Tony Goodrich. I know the screen says Anthony Goodrich. That's formalities. Uh, I'm also on TikTok, slowly developing that social media platform. Again, Goodrich Knife Works. Keep the branding simple and consistent. And then uh, through there, th that's the best way to get a hold of me. Facebook group, I have a few of the pictures posted. Instagram, a few. I need to, I lack consistency on, especially with showtime right now. I, I'm horrible at posting pictures. I work my nine to five, come home, kids, wife, dinner, out here in the shop for a couple hours. And it's like, oh, I got to go to bed. Yeah. So just a few pictures, video shared. TikTok has some more of the modern stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me. TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook are my uh, social media platforms. Okay, so now last couple questions. If you had to start your business all over again with little to no money, how would you do it? Because there's a lot of guys out there that are like, I want to start, but I don't have a lot of money. So, I started with almost no money, uh, as I mentioned, the hand filing, and I'm learn. I'm doing, I'm learning more on the no money issue to start a business with trying to add Cerakote, the laser, a few other items in the shop. And what I can tell anyone is find the basic required tools. You see these guys on YouTube with these. I'll say woodworking because that's really common. They have a $50,000 shop with all these tools. You don't need those tools. Find what you're passionate about. For me, it's knives or working my hands. Get the basic tools. I know guys that are making knives on a 1x30 Harbor Freight grinder or belt sander, as you call it. You can find it on Facebook Marketplace. I believe it sells in the store brand new for 60 bucks. You can get those 1x30 belts at the hardware store. Just find the basic tools. Uh, I started the knife making with a wooden jig I made out of plywood 
and actually my cousin made it for me and hand files that I had just in the shop that I had gathered from when my grandfather had passed. Um, what I, I would change, I can't say I would change. Uh, I guess I would change the way I would market myself. I needed to, instead of seeing the dollar sign right away, I needed to focus on finishing the knife. It took me about a year and a half before I finished my first knife. And I spent, the first three knives I made were completely full mirror polished when I finished them with seven, eight, nine hour hand polishing uh, days on them because I didn't know any better. But to, to change, I, I w should have just focused on one knife and finished that out, I guess. You know, so I would recommend the basic tools necessary to complete the job and get the first one done. If you're making a product, get your first one done. Then from there, it's all about repetition, practice, and, and refining your processes after each new piece. I love it because, like you said, if you're not learning, you're not growing. So Yes. The last question I have, I ask everybody. Um, I ask a thousand different people. I get a thousand different answers. We live in a crazy world right now, and the world is upside down. And every American is busy like you are, got, got two jobs going. So if you ask the average American to do something in seven days, you're pretty much never going to get to it. But if I ask somebody to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more than likely. So I'm going to ask you a two-pronged question. One, if somebody's struggling with their mental health, what can they do in the next 24 hours to get help? And two, if somebody's struggling with their business, what can they do in the next 24 hours to get help? All right. So for your business, that's a little easier one for me to answer. For the business, find an expert in your field. If you make knives, find someone on Facebook that is a success. You, nine times out of ten, if you make knives, you know other people that make knives. Find the people that you look up to and reach out to them. The knife community is great for helping. I'm sure you can find experts in your particular field that will help you move forward. Even if they won't answer an email, look at how they became successful. Apply their technique, one of their techniques, one of their steps um, to move forward and set a goal. What is something you can do in 24 hours? For me, the knife making within 24 hours for progress, I need to cut a blank and put it in heat treat. Once it's in heat treat and done, I'm on the handles. I'm about halfway done with the knife already. As far as 24 hours, take care of your mental health. One, I'm going to tell you to step outside, especially in the evening, by yourself, take a deep breath, look around. If you can get out in the country where I live, I know a lot of people live in the city, but if you can get to a secluded area, even a park where it's a little quieter, you can get your mind. I don't care if you put earbuds in. Take a deep breath. Look around. Just take that in. Everything is going to be okay. And then from there, reach out to, for me, I, I've been very fortunate with the friends that I have. I know who I can talk to about what, and I can get some progress. 
think of the people in your life that you respect that are on that level that you want to get to. Again, it's just like finding success leaves little clues in the business side. Look at the people that you believe are mentally healthy. Reach out to them. Just ask them to sit down and talk. Um, that, it's tough because mental health is something I still struggle with. Um, my wife, she knows that I struggle. And we we discuss this all the time is I don't open up enough with her. Um, and that might be some of the military thing. You know, we're taught to be big, tough guys that can just conquer the world. Right. So not to get off topic. Next 24 hours, if you make a product, make your product, get it done, take big steps towards it. Don't just look at drawings, your mental health, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Reach out to that someone and talk. You will find the help. I love it. Now, guys, if you notice, I've been sipping. I've been sipping this whole time, and that's what I'm drinking. I drink my own shit. I don't drink anybody else's stuff. So if you guys love coffee, definitely check out Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's coffee that will help you kick Monday's ass instead of Monday kicking your ass. I want to thank Kurt Balish of Balish Woodworks. Um, not only is he a great businessman, but he's a great friend and somebody that I call brother. So definitely, if you guys love uh, woodworking, check check out BalishWoodworks.com. Uh, brother, I just want to say thank you. I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for your friendship. And I love everything that you're doing. And I'll support you in any way that I can. Rich, it, I... I can't say anything else. You've already said it. I'd say it to you. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate the support. Uh, iron sharpens iron, right? We're in this together. Uh, you ever need anything, you reach out. And, uh, yeah, I, oh, man. Hey, to everyone else, this is my first podcast. Mr. Kaufman, he's awesome. All right, so are you going to be this weekend again? I will be in Troy, Ohio at Spirit of the Blade, Friday, noon to 5, and Saturday, 11 to 4, I believe. All right, guys, definitely check him out. Definitely check out his, check him out on Facebook and everywhere else, and make sure that you buy his stuff. It's high quality, and it's something I would love to be able to hand down to my children. So definitely check out his stuff. Guys, remember, vertical momentum, the only way to go is but up. I'll catch you guys on the flip. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.